All circuits are busy now. Will you please try your call again later? This is a recording. We're sorry. All circuits are busy now. Will you please try your call again later? This is a recording. Hello, and welcome to F Yeah Disney. We're your hosts, Julie and Jason. And we are here to give you an unfiltered view of all things Disney. We'll be covering events, news, history, food, and so much more. So strap on your ears, grab a churro, and enjoy today's episode of F, F Yeah, yeah Disney. Disney. Hey there, and welcome to FIA Disney episode number 20. How the hell are you doing today? We are recording this on... I always think you're asking me how you're doing, and then I always want to answer, but you're not talking to me. You're talking to the other people. I'm talking to whoever's listening to this. I mean, you're listening to it right now. I'm doing fabulous. Awesome. Got to lie. Well, we are recording this on June 26th, 2020, less than a month away from the Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom reopening their gates to guests after being closed since March 15th. Hmm. We'll see if that happens. And uh, being that this is episode 20, this is a milestone for both of us. So thank you for listening to the show and for the support and the constant love we get through our uh, downloads and our social media stuff. We definitely do appreciate it. This month has been quite the month as we have been in the middle of moving to our new home where we are recording this tonight in our new space. It's a tiny bit cooler than the garage. Yeah, like 30 degrees tiny. Not Uh, really. It's going to get hot by the end of this episode. You just wait. Okay. Uh, I was furloughed from my job, and we both had to get tested for COVID-19 and are still waiting for the results as of this recording. So as you could tell, it's uh, one reason why we had not had an episode out in the last last couple of weeks as we would have liked to. Uh, there's also been a shit ton of Disney news. It seems like daily that things have been happening. As uh, you could tell by our intro with the uh, the businesses or the the signals are all whatever busy right now. What the hell is it that they say? I can just plug your phone right into the gimmick. We are currently experiencing very- just kidding. I got through. <laughs> well, this past week she has <laughs> she has been calling. It figures the one time that I don't have time to wait on hold. There you go. Yes. But yeah, so by the sound of, uh, <laughs> as of the sound of the opening, you could tell uh, not only us, but I'm sure millions of people out there uh, who wanted to create a reservation for going into a Disney park up until September of 2021 have heard the business signal or have been put on hold for numerous hours. And then the just s- to be told that you could take a survey about how your call was when, in fact, you did not talk to anyone. Yeah, and the only positive thing about this whole situation for myself personally is I'm typically sleeping while Julie has been on the phone. So in my dreams, I'm hearing the music on the uh, being hold or being on hold, and uh, it kind of gets into my dreams. So while I'm having my morning dreams before I actually get out of bed, uh, they're dreams of Disney and good good ways where she's like miserable <laughs> to wait for someone to answer. 
So we'll get into more of that in a, later on in the show for sure, but just figured I'd just bring it up now. The show for sure. The show for sure. The show for sure. But uh, other than that, Julie's, how uh, how you doing, honey? How you feeling? And uh, what you drinking on tonight? Um, I'm feeling all right. Been a little sore lately, but uh, making why, it through. Why, why are you sore for? Um, I don't know. My back hurts a lot. Why is that? I mean, a little bit to do with moving. A little bit because we live up three flights of stairs. A little bit because I'm out of shape. And a little some other reasons. I don't know. Yeah. I'm definitely sore from the three flights of stairs. But I'm starting to shed some of my corona weight. But I was sore before the three flights of stairs, so I really don't know what's going on with me. No, I totally understand that. I get that. I get that. I am drinking on something super boring right now. I actually thought about adding rum to it before we sat down to record, but I am drinking on a lovely pairing of Sprite and the most delicious grapefruit juice I've ever had in my entire life. Yeah, it's uh, Indian River is the brand, hashtag not sponsored. But here in Florida, we have... Hashtag uh, please sponsor us. I want free grapefruit juice. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I will talk about you every episode. (laughs) I will drink you every episode. Please, 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 please. But yeah, they're just one of the uh, one of the few brands that I appreciate and like to drink here in Florida uh, for citrus juice, whether it's grapefruit or orange. They have other ones too, lemonade. That's good. But it's uh, it's basically like a hundred percent, hundred percent real Not good old fashioned Florida grapefruit juice. Not right from the grapefruit trees, titty. Not red forty coloring to make it fancier. Oh yeah, we got we gotta love having crushed bugs in our drinks. AKA well, I'm Ruby, to those bugs. Ruby Red Grapefruit Juice is full of bugs. But that's another topic for another day. So, uh, yeah, she's drinking her. Uh, well, her, also, her sometimes they inject the regular colored grapefruits with the pink stuff. They mm. do that up north anyway. Is it like the gray stuff? It's not delicious. No. So, it is nothing like the gray stuff. Well, that sucks. Well, as you can tell, too, I'm uh, I'm a little sore myself from three flights of stairs. And as being, you can tell as you through can this tell. podcast. Yeah. And uh, being the, the main source of uh, loading up shit up and down the stairs, all the heavy stuff since her back's been hurting. So because of that, we took the day off from life. It was not completely off from life. There was lots of website workage. Yeah, websites and just putting shit away in the house. But as she always likes to interrupt me, uh, I'm drinking a Cigar City Brewing... Florida Man double IPA right now. It's really good. She's over there bobbling her head. Maybe I'm interrupting you because you drank the last Florida Man. Oh, sorry, hon. But it's pretty good. It's uh, they're a brewery that's based out of Tampa. They actually one of my favorite IPAs of all time is a highlight IPA that they they make. And uh, this is like an eight point five percent being a double IPA. It's a little heavy in terms of an IPA, like a consistency wise. But it's pretty damn good and super refreshing. I highly recommend it. So, as again, it's uh, Cigar City, which you can find probably in most of your local liquor stores or places that sell beers. Especially if you live in Florida. Yeah, we have uh, beer inside of the grocery stores, beer and wine. But no beer at the bars anymore. No, which we'll be getting into here shortly. So today is going to be a regular episode for us with our normal segments, starting off with this day in Disney history, then we'll be getting into our To Infinity and Your Mom segments, talking about current happenings out there in Disney, which there is a lot to go over. 
as Julia is shaking her head, yes. And then we will be getting into Julie's What the Forky Food segment, which we're going to be talking about. Where we are going to talk about the delicious foods that we can't get when we're not in the parks that we miss so dearly. Mm-hmm. I personally just miss all the smells. Anything else, babe? I know I uh, one one thing I did want to bring up that she uh, is, doesn't. I'm bringing this up, but uh, now that we've, we're moved into or almost moved in, but we have a new place that's ours now. It's our first place as a married couple, which we're s- so stoked about. Um, we are going to be starting to do some video work here. Yeah, with, you talked about that yesterday with the, with the show. Green screen. So we're going to be getting ourselves set up. So we're going to be doing um, this podcast and video forum here. Pretty pretty soon. I don't have a date or when it's going to happen. Uh, does that mean I can't record naked anymore? Mm, I mean, you can. That's up to you. But uh, we're going to be doing some... Basically, we're going to be recording the podcast in a video form. And then we'll be putting this podcast audio onto all the podcast apps, etc. And then we're going to have the video uh, available on YouTube. And the video will also include some other things that will not be in the podcast. Like visual things. You know. Kind of deal. So, anyways, uh, that being said, are you good to go, babe? Film it like a new show, and you can do like this to me. Yeah, we'll do all kind of fun camera shots and everything. I'm looking forward to it. But uh, I think we're good to go. So now it's time for us to get into our first segment of the show: this day in Disney history. If you had it to do over again, would you do any part of it differently? Well, if I had it to do over again. I think, uh, no, I don't think it would. <laughs> now it's time for us to get into this week in Disney history. And as always, our information I get comes from a wonderful website, which claims to be the first Disney history website at thisdayindisneyhistory.com, as well as uh, information pulled from Wikipedia. And I'll have all the links that we uh, have gotten this information from for you to check out if you'd like in the show notes. In the show notes, in the show notes, in the show notes. June 28th, 1955. Walt Disney writes a letter from Disney Studios to his employees and others who assisted on the creation of his new Anaheim Park Disneyland. Whoa. He wishes to invite them all to attend the grand debut on July 17th, not only as a thank you for their hard work and dedication, but also because Walt is concerned that there won't be enough people scattered throughout the park for the television cameras. And Walt said, quote, As we come down the home stretch in the building of Disneyland, I know you are as happy as I am with the way in which this dream of ours is coming to full life. Your contribution to the construction, the development, and the details of the park has made it possible for us to foresee that we will open Disneyland virtually completed. The few days remaining before our television preview on Sunday, July 17th will be all important to us, but I know that we can count on you and every one of our fellow employees to do their utmost to meet our schedule. I would like to cordially invite you and your family to participate with us in the thrill of the Disneyland premiere. Within the next few days, we will have your preview tickets available. They will be distributed to you at Disneyland and will assure you and your family of a wonderful afternoon as our guests on all the rides and amusements in Disneyland. I am sure your family will be as proud of your effort as all of us are. Sincerely, Walt Disney. To Walt's dismay, Disneyland's quote-unquote international press preview event held on Sunday, July 17, 1955, was open only to invited guests and the media. 
Although 28,000 people attended the event, only about half of those were invitees, the rest having purchased counterfeit tickets or even sneaked into the park by climbing over the fence. That's awful. Isn't that crazy? That's why the opening day of Disneyland was a fucking nightmare. <laughs> I know, poor Walt. Even though he was enjoying it, it was just a nightmare. None of the, all the toilets backed up. Water fountains weren't working. The, con- the, the asphalt going down Main Street was still fucking... It was so hot. Like, high heels were getting stuck in the asphalt. Like, it's crazy shit. June 28th, 2004. It is announced that after years of research and testing, Walt Disney Imagineering has perfected a new innovation in firework launch technology. The new technology uses compressed air to lift fireworks, virtually eliminating the need for smoke-produced black powder and other materials at launch. That's awesome. Right? Oh my gosh. I remember shooting off little, like, are they the bottle rockets, the one that you, like, hold in your hand that go... Those are uh, Roman candles. Roman candles, yeah. I was covered in all sorts of soot and disgustingness from that, so that is helpful. Well, this, re- this significantly reduces ground-level smoke and noise while continuing to provide an entertaining show. Now, I remember I went to Hollywood Studios when they were doing the fr- uh, the Frozen Summer Fun, whatever thing they were doing. Like, they were actually were doing Snope in the Streets in the middle of summertime. And, like, Olaf would come on, and they would do, like, a bunch of songs and stuff. But they that had a really so amazing fireworks show at the end of the night. And we eventually got to see it, but the first time we went, we just went, dra- basically just went to that park that night after being in Magic Kingdom all day to watch it and it was so humid out because of the Florida summertime that it, the first thing that went off of fireworks it immediately filled up the entire fucking park full of just fog and smoke and sulfur and we were like uh, this is boring Let's go. <laughs> all we're seeing is just you know sm- smog basically and hearing the sounds smog yes smog June 29th 1974 at Disneyland the American Sings attraction officially opened to the public in Tomorrowland's Carousel Theater Still have never seen it. Uh, that's because it doesn't exist. A special press preview is held with invited guests receiving a promotional version of the soon-to-be-released LP record and a painted casting of Eagle Sam. Sam, voiced by Burl Ives. Uh, I think Burl Ives was also the, ca- the voice of Frosty the Snowman. In it sounds so familiar. Frosty the Snowman. He does a lot of those, those older movies or shows. Uh, but it was bo- voiced by Burl Ives. Uh, it guides... Visitors through four big musical acts, each with a medley of period tunes. The attraction, featuring over 110 audio-animatronic animal characters, replaces the General Electric Carousel of Progress, which is then moved to Walt Disney World. Thank God we still have. And here's a bit of history about America Sings, and I figured I would do this just because of the week of 4th of July here. America Sings was born out of the company's desire to celebrate America's bicentennial, and I'm a bicentennial baby born in 1976. It didn't quite fit the theme of the land, but its relevance to that period in America made it appropriate. However, once the bicentennial was over, the attraction came more misplaced in a land dedicated to all things futuristic. Disney's Imagineering team began dreaming up new ideas for Tomorrowland that included a new show in the Carousel Theater more fitting for the land of the future. Separately, in the summer of 1983, the idea for a log flume attraction that would become Splash Mountain was conceived by Imagineer and Disney legend Tony Baxter. Ironic, because we're going to be talking about that today as well. Hence why I wanted to do this uh, expansion of the story. Uh, another fun thing is Tony Baxter is actually going to be working on and helping oversee the theming, the retheming. That's super cool. Right, we'll talk about that later. Knowing America Sings was eventually to close for a more appropriately themed show, the idea developed 
to give most of America Sings audio-animatronic figures a new home in Splash Mountain, which at the very end scene when they're doing the Zippity-Doo-Dah song on the big ferry boat, uh, paddle boat, most of those audio-animatronic characters, not at the one here in Magic Kingdom, obviously, but in Disneyland, those characters uh, are from that ride. However, in 1986, roughly two years before America Sings' impending closure, two audio-animatronic geese were taken out of the attraction. Their skin was removed, leaving only the robotic skeletons. Their heads were then replaced, and they were used as two talkative G2 droids in the queue for Star Tours, <laughs> which would open in 1987. Oh, that's so awesome. and you that's can, the year I was born. And it's, you can tell it's them because of their duck feet that they have. One of them, named G29T, still sings a modified I've Been Working on the Railroad, retitled I've Been Looking at the Same Bag, in Star Tours Adventures Continue. As a result, the Geese Quartet in Acts 1 and 2 became trios until America Sings closed for good. Show sponsor Del Monte. Like Del Monte, the can the, of vegetables? Yep. Or the, 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 the amazing, delicious uh, uh, peaches I like to buy when I had drink tequila. Show sponsor Del Monte having already ended its sponsorship, America Sings officially closed on Sunday, April 10th, 1988. Within days, crews began to move most of the audio-animatronic animals to Splash Mountain, which opened in the summer of 1989. The rock and roll stork in the finale is now used by Imagineers for training new animatronic programmers, acting as a final exam of sorts. <laughs> the remainder of the show's audio-animatronics were then recycled. Isn't that fun? That's super fun. And again, America Sings opened on June 29, 1974. June 30th, 2018. Toy Story Land opens at Disney's Hollywood Studios, Walt Disney World. Isn't that crazy? Just 2018. It feels like just yesterday, but it also feels like it was so long ago. Yeah. Tell, tell me about it, especially right now with this pandemic shit. A theme land based on the Disney Pixar film series Toy Story, the 11-acre addition is just one of the two new lands that make up the new expansion of Hollywood Studios. The new land includes the attraction's Toy Story Mania, a 3D shooting dark ride where riders try to score points by hitting targets with a variety of objects inside a carnival-themed playset. The attraction's entrance was originally located in Pixar Place when the ride opened in 2008, but was moved to Toy Story Land with a new entrance on the land's opening day. And I love the queue, and Mr. Potato Head uh, was reincorporated back into it. And it still, it's so fun. And he still seems to have trouble putting his ear back in sometimes from what I've seen. Uh, another I've never seen him take it out. Oh, uh, no shit. Uh, another popular, very popular ride at Toy Story Land is Slinky Dog Dash, uh, which is a family-friendly roller coaster where riders are sent flying through Andy's backyard inside of a giant slinky dog. The coaster features two launches and an animatronic Wheezy who serenades riders as their coaster enters the loading area. And that queue is awesome. Uh, for those that have ridden it and or maybe have not yet and haven't noticed this, uh, when you're in the back half of the queue that's closer to the track where you actually get onto the roller coaster, if you look up on the wall, you'll see uh, where Andy drew where the Earful Tower was on his little map of what MGM was. It's so cute. And that we're right where that picture is is where the Earful Tower used to be in the back lot of uh, MGM back in the day. So a little cool thing. There's a lot of, a lot of fun Easter eggs that uh, they've hidden. There's also a fun uh, Google Map Easter egg hunt that you can do on Google Maps if you go onto Google Maps. Hold on, where? If you go on Google Maps online, Google Maps. I'm surprised we're not sponsored by Google Maps. Uh, hashtag not sponsored. 
another attraction there is Alien Swirling Saucers. Uh, it's a flat ride themed around Buzz Lightyear, where riders are whipped around a toy playset of outer space and a vehicle driven by one of Buzz's little green aliens. This ride uses similar ride mechanics as Mater's Junkyard Jamboree in yeah, Cars I was Land just say that. and Woody's Roundup in Shanghai Disneyland version of Toy Story Land. It's a lot of fun. I've been on it one time. Me too. Uh, I want to go on it at night, and I want to go on no. it. No, I've been on it twice. I went once with you, and then once with Amy. I didn't go on it with you. Yeah, you did. We rode it with the kids. Were you? Was that when we went? I swear we rode it with the kids. Okay, I Maybe wasn't sure if you were with us that day. Because we rode it. We went on it Fourth of July weekend last year. Like remember? I was definitely not there with you then. I took the kids to the park on Fourth yeah, of July. That's when Forky was in the park. I know. Yeah, I don't know. Also in Toy Story Land, uh, you can have a meet and greet with Buzz Lightyear, Woody, and Bo Peep. And then also Jesse is outside uh, the little queue there for the aliens uh, swirling saucers. Besides the attractions in the lands, there's also a couple of places to eat. Uh, right now there's only one with Woody's Lunchbox, which is a quick service you walk up to and get some grub. Uh, they serve breakfast, lunch, and dinner, different types of snacks and meals throughout the day. Uh, and also the all-new Woody's Roundup Rodeo Barbecue, which is a table service Toy Story-themed restaurant. Uh, scheduled to open in sometime in 2020, uh, but as of now, I haven't seen or heard any updates on that, so we shall see. July 1st, 1975. At Walt Disney World, the Wed Way People Mover, a futuristic way of shuttling people around Tomorrowland opens. It is located at the Rocket Tower Plaza, where passengers enter and exit onto a circular moving platform. The ride is based on Disneyland's People Mover, but unlike Disneyland's version, WDW's is sponsored by the Edison Electric Institute. WDW. Also known as Walt Disney World. The ride takes guests on a winding, relaxing tour through all the attractions in Tomorrowland. Guests have the chance to see some areas of these attractions that can only be viewed via the People Mover. Once guests are inside the area of Space Mountain, a model created by Walt Disney and his team depicting his early concepts of Epcot can be seen on display. While this is a must-see when visiting the Magic Kingdom, another fun part of this attraction is if you wait until the end of the night to ride, not only can you get a magnificent view of the evening firework presentation... Sometimes you get stuck and get to watch the entire show from Tomorrowland. This is true. But if you don't get stuck, you may also have the chance to see what the inside of Space Mountain looks like with the lights on while cast members are getting the ride ready for the following day. And maybe picking up some cell phones and wallets and things that fall out of folks' pockets or bags or their ears come off or something who knows limbs but i love that i love the the people mover last time i was actually on the people mover the guy that was in front of me was riding by himself there was nobody at the park and he said he had ridden it for like 70 times that day or some crazy shit i don't remember it was some crazy number there was one that rode it like 99 times in one day or something i don't know yeah i know i had told you one of those facts when i because one of the girls, the, the cast members there, told him that. Pretty cool, though. I love the people mover. July 2nd, 1967. Disneyland's Rocket Jets, People Mover, the General Electric Carousel of Progress, and the Tomorrowland Terrace Restaurant all open in the park's updated Tomorrowland. The Rocket Jets, a 12 two-person spinning rocket attraction, sits above the park's updated Tomorrowland. The People Mover, a family-friendly attraction, offers a leisurely ride all around Tomorrowland. Unfortunately, none of these attractions still exist today. As Disneyland prepared for the third rendition of Tomorrowland, these attractions were either replaced, closed, or updated, and then replaced. 
aka the People Mover. July 3rd, 1964. The White House announces that Walt Disney will be a recipient of the Medal of Freedom, which he eventually received on September 14, 1964. The Presidential Medal of Freedom is an award bestowed by the President of the United States to recognize people who have made an especially meritorious contribution to the security or national interest of the United States, world peace, cultural or other significant public or private endeavors, end quote. The Presidential Medal of Freedom and the Congressional Gold Medal are the highest civilian awards of the United States. The award is not limited to U.S. citizens, and while it is a civilian award, it can also be awarded to military personnel and worn on the uniform. It was established in 1963 by President John F. Kennedy, superseding the Medal of Freedom that was established by President Harry S. Truman in 1945, to honor civilian service during World War II. It's pretty cool, huh? Super cool, actually. July 3rd, 1967. Representatives of the Department of Citrus and Walt Disney World Productions meet for the first time to discuss how a Walt Disney World vacation destination can incorporate Florida Citrus. More than two years later, the Florida Citrus industry will become the first official corporate sponsor of the Magic Kingdom, by signing an agreement on October 1st, 1969, two years before Walt Disney World's grand opening. This led to the creation of Orange Bird, who became a beloved Disney character. He debuted in 1970 as a mascot for the Florida Citrus Commission in exchange for them sponsoring the Enchanted Tiki Room attraction and Sunshine Tree Terrace at the Magic Kingdom theme park. July 3rd, 2009, at a special early morning ceremony, more than 1,000 immigrants, including 25 cast members, are sworn in as U.S. citizens at Disney World's Magic Kingdom. The naturalization ceremony features keynote speaker actor Andy Garcia, performances by Voices of Liberty, and appearances by the Spirit of America Fife and Drum Corps. The group then attends a premiere of Disney's revamped Hall of Presidents attraction, which will officially open on the next day. And that was when they uh, premiered the animatronic of Barack Obama. <sighs> July 4th, 1927. Disney's Oswald the Lucky Rabbit film, Trolley Troubles, premieres at the Criterion Theater in Los Angeles, California, but won't officially debut in theaters until September 5th, 1927. And this is a pretty amazing one for July 4th. Uh, July 4th, 1979. The first baby is born at Disneyland, California. Six-pound, 10-ounce Teresa Salcedo is born to Rosa and Elias Salcedo on a bench behind Plaza Inn. Mickey Mouse will later honor the Los Angeles family with a Disneyland birth certificate number one. So cool. Yeah, it's crazy. I wonder how uh, long in her pregnancy she was. I mean, six-pound, 10-ounce baby is not a huge baby. But it's also not a tiny baby. She probably went a month early. Something. Because, I mean, I figure if you're nine months pregnant and you're about to pop, I mean, it, I've seen people at Disney that were about 20 months pregnant. Or they were also there with babies. They, the babies, they just, like, popped out at the hospital. And 20, they came. 20 months pregnant? Yeah, at least 20 months. But also, like... You know that that's not possible. I know. Okay. But, I'll, of course. Just making sure. Unless you're an elephant. But also, you know, women that have and families that come to the park with a baby they just popped out out in the parking lot or some shit like newborn newborns like what the hell are you guys thinking i know you have a vacation plan but you also know you're having a baby <laughs> you know doesn't make any sense hey the baby's free true 
And last but not least, since it is the 4th of July, a little bit more 4th of July history for you. And uh, normally on the, the for the 4th of July, uh, Disney will have some sort of celebration in a sense. Disney Celebrate America is a seasonal fireworks show that premiered on July 3rd, 2008 at the Magic Kingdom theme park in Walt Disney World. Uh, on July 4th of that same year at Disneyland in Anaheim, California, and on July 1st, 2011 at Disney's California Venture. The 15-minute show produced by Walt Disney Creative Entertainment under creative director Steve Davison celebrates the traditions, spirit, and music of the United States of America and is shown in lieu of the regular fireworks shows on both July 3rd and 4th at Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom, Disneyland, and Disney's California Adventure. While these parks use the same soundtrack, the, firework, the fireworks used are different due to Anaheim firework laws being more strict. This is the first time in history that Disneyland, Magic Kingdom, and Disney California Adventure share similar fireworks shows. Although Disney California Adventure's version was shorter than Disneyland and Magic Kingdom Parks. And this is a show that is near and dear to my heart. Uh, when I first became a cast member, uh, the very first year I worked there in 2012, 2013, I guess it ended up being because I started on New Year's Eve of 2012. Well, that's my hire date, at least. Uh, July of 2013, I uh, was working in Magic Kingdom, and our cast, uh, basically uh, everything closes more or less because everybody's watching the fireworks. And uh, so we went out back, and there's actually a platform, a catwalk you can go on top of the roof. And so you can see over the buildings on Main Street and got a full, because it's about a 280-degree uh, firework display. And it was just like new cast member seeing this incredible fireworks show. And the just it was just awesome. I'm jealous. Should be. And that is it for this week's. And that is it for this week in Disney history, going from June 28th to July 4th. And this one was a little bit longer than usual, but it is a celebration for America. And I wanted to cover a couple uh, extra things in there that coincided with the week. So now that we have covered the past, it is time for us to get into the present history of Disney with our next segment, To Infinity and Your Mom. To Infinity and Your Mom. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah. That's not right. You sure? No, that's not right. I'm pretty sure that's it. No, 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 let me show you. To insanity and a blonde. What do you even That's how it goes. Saying? No, that's how it goes. To immunity and respond. To indecency to and frequently. Hey, hey, guys, you got it all wrong. It's to infinity and beyond. All right, so now it's time for us to get into some talk about current events going on out there in the world of Disney, and that is worldwide news as the parks are starting to slowly open their eyes and reopen and allow guests to start to share the magic. All right, I am going to go backwards because I feel like there's the most news about Disney World, so we'll kind of talk about that last. All right, so we'll start with the uh, two parks that are already open. Shanghai Disney has been open for about a month now. Everything seems to be running smoothly there. I don't know if they've added the parades, but I think they added in a couple of the shows. And the character meet and greets and stuff. And then Disneyland Hong Kong. Hong Kong Disneyland. However you say that. Yeah, Hong Kong Disneyland. Recently opened up and unveiled the new castle. Which personally I think is a little too skinny and a little too tall. I just think like proportionately it doesn't super work out. Make it that tall. Give it a little girth. But it's still super beautiful. And then Tokyo Disney 
will be opening on July 1st. Disneyland Paris is set to open on July 15th. Disneyland in California was supposed to open on July 17th. However, they are now closed indefinitely, which just means they don't have an opening date. It's not like, oh my God, they're closed forever, which that's what I generally compare indefinitely with. But hey, so, and then Disney World is a whole new ball game. Yeah. So, some resorts opened on June 22nd for some stays, and then you could, like, make reservations if you're staying at that resort for those hotels, but only if you're staying on that property. And that is when reservations also opened up for park reservations, starting from July 11th, when Animal Kingdom and Magic Kingdom are set to open, all the way through September 2021. So, you can imagine what a clusterfuck... That must have been. Yeah. Totally. Total, total, uh, I don't know what the hell they were thinking. It was awful. Like, dining reservations 60 days out. Why not make park reservations 90 days out? If you have a, re- like, 90 days plus 10. So if you hit the 90 day on your first day, the first day of your trip, you can make it for the next 10 days of your trip. I don't know what Disney was thinking. Yeah, I have, I have no idea. Like, I heard someone say it was like I mean, an estimated like 40 million people or some shit like that. I mean, I understand in. what they were thinking because they wanted to get an idea of how many people were going to be in the parks from now until, mm-hmm. you know, the end of 2021. So, like, I, I get it. But also, whoa. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. And, like, I, I know this is new for everybody. So, you know, we're all trying to be as patient as we possibly can. So, of course, I got on that first day online to make online park reservations. I waited in a queue for four hours because the site was down and there was all sorts of technical issues. I got to stare at a really pretty castle for a little while and then a really cool space mountain for a little while. And then I could make reservations for our honeymoon for Jason. Not me, because my annual pass expires six days before we go on our honeymoon. Yeah, what a cluster. Yeah, so for the rest of the week, I spent trying to call Disney to get that resolved. Finally, yesterday, I was able to talk to someone who explained to me that my annual pass will be extended for the dates that the park was closed, but that doesn't come until an update goes through, which I'm hoping is the 28th because that's when you can start purchasing tickets or annual passes or something. I'm not exactly sure what that specific date is for, but before that, the previous day, so okay, so let's start with the first two days. I think I called Disney like maybe 300 times each day. And all you get is like the doo-doo-doo, all circuits are busy. Please try your call again later. Yeah, the thing we opened, the, opened up the show with. Yeah. Um, it's obnoxious. And I finally got someone on the third day. Not someone. I got to the Disney hold line. Held for two and a half hours. Then the phone line went dead. Not dead, but it, the music went away, which I hear is normal when someone at Disney is about to pick up. And then I got a, if you'd like to take a survey... Before we hang up about how your call was today, please press one. And I was like, what? I never even talked to a person today. Furious. Three and a half hours on the phone. Three and a half hours on the phone for nothing. Yeah, oh, the so first probably hour of that was me sleeping, listening to it and affecting my dreams. And so my annual pass was able to be extended, but I still can't make reservations because it's not updated in the system yet. Okay, cool. Whatever. So I called today to add tickets to our package for myself and the person that I was helping that was helping me couldn't figure out how to add just a ticket without canceling the reservation and adding a whole new package. 
So, alas, I still don't have park reservations for our honeymoon. Yeah, because I know that's how it works if you're going to add the Disney dining plan to it. They have to cancel the reservation and then... But there is a way to just add tickets. Yeah, I would would think so. I know you can go into the app and add tickets to your reservation. Mm -hmm. So, that might be what we have to do. But you got to pay for them if you do that. No, it just gets added onto our package that we don't have to pay for until October. So, once the system is updated, I'll just cancel it. But, you can't even buy tickets yet. Oh, true. So, then the morning of the 28th, you're going to have to go online and be like on the app right away and just buy tickets or I don't know I don't know what the I don't know what's happening on the 28th but I think they're allowing you to renew your annual passes so I think that's when that's going to update so I think I'll hopefully have my annual pass by then yeah I hope so too breadcrust next it's a nightmare just one more thing it's just for, for me like we're knowledgeable Disney Disney people frequently in the parks as much as we do and that being said, we're still having issues. So I can't imagine how difficult this could be for somebody that is not a frequent guest of Disney. And I have a friend who used a travel agent. And the travel agent that she used, it's not her full-time job. So she ignored her for the first half of the week and then told her that she couldn't wait on hold because she had a full-time job. And couldn't waste her time doing that. So my friend, the second half of her reservation, the first half she made the reservations herself. She's good to go. But the second half of her reservation, her hotel isn't open. So she's trying to figure out, you know, what to do. And they won't talk to her because she went through a travel agent. Now, going through a Disney travel agent is awesome because you don't have to pay them, but they get a kickback from Disney, which is cool. So, if you know, and they're also very helpful if, you know, you don't really know what you're doing with the reservation systems and all that. Um, and Amy and I had a wonderful travel agent until she sadly passed away, but she was, you know, a full-time travel agent. Mm -hmm. So if we needed anything, you know, that was her job. I know the Disney genie app that's coming out at some point in time, supposed to take the place of that travel agent for what they say. And I just have all the sympathy in the world for my friend who cannot talk to Disney herself because it was booked through a travel agent. So they won't even talk to her about the reservation. Yeah. That's pretty fucking stupid. You'd think they make an exception right now with everything that's going on. Yeah, you'd think. And I and I get the exceptions, you know. I mean, there's a lot of things that are out of a lot of people's hands right now. So I see making exceptions, but some exceptions just, uh, you know. But like being able to talk about your own reservation when you can't get a hold of them. Yeah, that should definitely be made an exception of. That's a bit crazy. Especially because it's, you know, your reservation. It's not like you're trying to. Right. But because it's through the agent, the agent's, you know. Got the pricing and the stuff. The thing is, the pricing isn't any different through a travel agent. The pricing, so the the travel agent gets the stuff at a at a lower discount. They get a, a percentage kickback, from what I understand. They they get better rates, but the rates that they get, they don't pass those rates on to you. There's a percentage. So say we pay a hundred dollars for a ticket ourselves. They may be able to get the tickets for $75, and then they make 25 bucks on every sale. Exactly. So, like, you don't have to pay them, but they get paid through Disney. Yeah. And then the big news. Yesterday, there were 9,000 cases of coronavirus in Florida. Mm. So, while Disneyland has decided not to open, I wonder what will happen with Disney World. Mm. And so, my thing is, it's not that I think that Disney can't handle this. I think Disney, so far, has done a wonderful job. And they've been incredible. 
I think it's just the people that don't take this seriously and don't wear their masks or, you know, just aren't careful anymore that are ruining it for everybody. And and Disneyland is opening. They're just postponing. They're just pushing the date up. Well, they're saying indefinitely because they don't know when they don't have a new date yet. And because of the cases being so high, Disney Springs has also had to close down any bars because per Florida, as of noon today, if 50% of or more of your sales come from alcohol, you're not allowed to be open. So bars in Disney Springs closed as well as across all of Florida, like immediately. Yeah, exactly. And I actually heard a story today. Did you tell me that about the family? The surprise party thing? Yeah, I told you yesterday. Yeah, was that yesterday? They had a surprise party and 18 of their guests tested positive. Yeah, so that's and just... that was in Texas. Just how crazy this thing is. Stay inside, people. Don't go out unless you have to. Wear yeah, your mask. Wear your mask, yeah. So big news from Disneyland at Disney World that we are going to talk about in depth is the retheming of Splash Mountain. Yeah, we're definitely going to get into more of this in the main part of our subject today as we're going to be talking about the new... A change of Splash Mountain and what's involved and what's going to be happening and uh, just the overall awesomeness in our opinion of uh, what this means just in in the world in general and also in the world of Disney. So that being said that's uh, what's going on right now out there in the world of Disney and some things that we have experienced. We would love to know uh, if you've had some issues yourself when it comes to getting reservations and getting yourself set up to come to the parks if you are of course coming to the parks. Um, I know right now, as we had talked about uh, with the 9,000 new cases of this virus here in Florida, and I saw yesterday as well that uh, Orange County itself might become the new hotspot in the country. So to get away from all this corona talk, I think it's time for us to get into the main part of our show now where we are going to get into our uh, thoughts. Uh, Initially, when we recorded this, I was thinking about us doing a talk about our ideas and how this uh, ride could be changed we should still talk about that because I really like my idea. So now it's time for us to do uh, a little armchair imagineering and talk about some ideas that we had before Disney announced uh, their big announcement for the redo of Splash Mountain. Uh, the reimagineering of it in a sense. And then we'll get into uh, what Disney is actually doing and then uh, some of our views on uh, the ramifications that this is having uh, throughout the Disney universe and the world in general. So I think some pretty pretty awesome shit. I'm excited. So Julie, if you had a chance to retheme uh, and re re uh, reskin in a sense the mountain that is Splash Mountain, and uh, you know we can't change it as a mountain because it is one of the few mountains that we have in Florida, so we can't get rid of it. So that being said, what uh what would you have done? So I know that it doesn't fit in. To where it is, but I would want a Tangled themed ride. Mm -hmm. And the tower is far enough away at the Tangled bathrooms that that could still be Corona. Throw the castle on the top of the mountain. Yeah. Thinking about that too, it it would be cool if there was a way logistically, if they could somehow... No, I guess they couldn't. I'm just thinking if there was a way that they could tie tie the tower into to uh the the ride but i guess in a sense i guess in a sense if you think about but you know, they could make it taller and then when you're going over I, I don't know when you're going over the peak can you see it in the distance i've never actually looked for it let's Me look either. for it next time i know you can see the castle from 
the top is you're going through the top roundabout loop. There's a little hole. I've taken a picture of it mm-hmm. that you can see the castle through it. Which is spectacular. I've been on that thing at night for fireworks. It's so cool. Same with Thunder Mountain Railroad. Okay. So, but yeah, so the whole ride. Yeah, go on. Would kind of start with you know them going through. I'm not exactly sure because I think I would want the end to end with "I have a dream" instead of "Zippity Doo." Yeah. Because I think that's a really fun song. But at the big drop, I would want that to be Flynn on top of Maximus when they're running across the brick wall when he's saving him mm-hmm. to when Maximus jumps onto the roof. So when you get to the very top, him jumping is you going down. Like, I just think that'd be really cool. And then the whole like first part can be... Rapunzel being rescued so it wouldn't exactly be in order but you could have Rapunzel being rescued well, well and that can you let me finish yeah let me let me interrupt you though because think about this what would you do if, if it wasn't telling the same story because all you're doing is retelling the movie so if you could take the same characters and what's going on in Rapunzel's in that universe would would you want to come up with a new story or would you want to keep the same story from the film I just want the lantern scene. We could still have the lantern scene. It could be her next birthday. Because I would too. Like that. That's my thought too. Is like you'd go into oh, the true. where the paddle boat is, and they would have you know the beginning of of the lanterns getting put off. You know, by her parents first maybe, and then at the very end of it, you would have then Flynn and Punzi uh, putting their their final lantern up there together. It's just tough because. Well, you couldn't do that at the end if the beginning is the lantern run. But it's tough because there's the whole series. Right. With the black rocks and she gets her hair back. So, you know, you really could make it a whole new scene. And it could just be like her birthday. And like her birthday celebration or something. Yeah, maybe it would start out like the Snuggly Duckling. Like where you like when you first start, you actually go inside the Snuggly Duckling? Well, see, I wanted the end to be the Snuggly Duckling instead of Zippity Doo. Okay. While they're singing I Have a Dream. Okay. You know, because not a lot of people have seen the TV show. Everybody knows the movie. So you want to have the songs from the movie that people know. Right, right. But actually, it would be really cool because the beginning of it, you could go through the different scenes. And her hair would literally be like trailing through the whole entire ride. Yeah, that'd be awesome. And then she's at the very end of it. That would also be really cool. Right. <laughs> but like in the beginning, you can watch her, you know, the first song. And then I brush and brush and brush and brush my hair. Um, but that whole scene where she's, you know, painting and doing laundry and reading and sweeping and all that stuff. You know, you could have her hitting Flynn over the head with the frying pan. Mm-hmm. Super iconic scene. Flynn and Maximus not getting together getting along together, you know, that whole thing. Because the Maximus and Flynn on the horse happens after the lantern scene. So you could have the beautiful lantern scene and then that's kind of where it gets dark and, you know, she... uh, The grand godmother, the mother... Yeah, McGonagall. Not McGonagall. That's Harry Potter. (laughs) Her name's something like that, though. I had it on the tip of my tongue until you said McGonagall. <laughs> yeah, no idea. 
Uh, I'm going to Google it. Um, Keep talking. But yeah, so have that whole part where, you know, Flynn turns bad. And then, you know, that whole scene right up until they go off the cliff is him escaping from the jail. And his little buddy's helping him out. And then the drop is him and Maximus jumping. And then the end, you know, there can be, you know, her reuniting with her parents. <coughs> and then while she's reuniting with the parents, everybody in the square is singing I Have a Dream or something like that. You know, just fun. I yeah, know. yeah. And go- Mother Gothel. Mother, Mother Gothel. That's why I was McGonagall's. <laughs> she's not going to teach Flynn how to go out there and ride his broomstick. She doesn't teach anybody how to ride a broomstick. I know. She teaches transfiguration. Oh, this is true. But she knows a good secret when she sees one. Okay. What would you have changed the ride to? So my initial thoughts was doing something that was associated with uh, Tom Sawyer's Island. And I thought it'd be fun to do like a Tom Sawyer or Huck Finn kind of adventure of some sorts. Because those two in the films were always into the adventures and mischief and stuff. And I think the different uh, people that they've met over the, over the different movies and TV shows that they've been in uh, could have been incorporated somehow into the ride. And then, uh, you know, with all the waterfalls and all the different things, you know, it would have been it would have been more of a simple uh, recreation, rethinking of the ride. Uh, but it would have tied tied in the Tom Sawyer Island into it, too. Um, I know something that's been that's been done over the years. And I actually heard that they had restarted it recently, but I don't know if they're going to do it with Corona. Um, but they used to give they used to um, hide paintbrushes all over Tom Sawyer Island. Like, I think, like maybe 20 of them or something like that in the mornings, the cast members would. And then, as guests would find them on the on the paintbrush, it would say "redeem for a free fast pass to Thunder Mountain Railroad" or whatever, and had something on there about Tom Sawyer not uh, finishing painting uh, the fence on time because on the outside skirts of the fence, uh, there's a wood a wood fence that's kind of half painted, and then it says uh, I believe it says uh, Huck Finn was here or something like that on it. If I remember, it's it's been a while since I've seen it, so I kind of kind of forget exactly. Uh, but it would have been cool to incorporate some of that kind of thing, the paintbrushes or the paint or something that some, some of the theming of uh, the island that's there kind of move it over uh, to Splash Mountain. In a so sense. my issue is that there's a reason why Pollyann's or whatever it's called was only open, you know, like a month a year because it's not that popular anymore. And honestly, what kid is reading Huck Finn now? And, you know, nobody really knows... The youth of today, I feel like, don't really know the story of Huck. No, I, to- I totally understand. I mean, they could have even incorporated those two guys or maybe even Davy Crockett in there, too, because he's part of the space. I don't know. The other thought was uh, something the Moana-related and turning the, the mountainside into Moana would be really cool know, too. a volcano. Because I know like we had talked you know, yesterday about, the, about Disney initially was looking at putting some kind of roller coaster. The, the issue is... That it di- in Disneyland, it's in New Orleans Square. Right. So there's no way there would be a volcano there. Right. And Which so they have to think of how to theme both of them. Right. And th- and that's what I think is going to be interesting for ours because I totally get it being in Disneyland. So, yeah. So, th- I don't know. There's there's a lot of different things because, you know, growing up as a kid myself and going to Disney, that area there was all about the Western and Davy Crockett and the Country Bear Jamborees. And, you know, it was really country Western kind of theming with the shooting shooting gallery and everything. So, uh, you know, it's they could have incorporated all that because because uh, Davy Crockett is 
in the in like a couple of the restaurants and stores, and even above uh, one of the shops, there is a clothesline that has his clothes hanging on it. And in one of the restaurants, I think it's actually in Pecos Bills, um, has his a rifle, his rifle, and a coonskin hat hanging up or something like that, if I remember correctly. So I don't know. It's interesting to see. I I definitely think the area should stay within the same Adventureland theming. With what we're going to talk about here in a second, I don't know how that fits into our space, but I still, I don't know. It's, it's you know, even like if I said like a you know like a Moana vol- volcano roller coaster gimmick, you know, that still doesn't even fit into that space. And that would go more over to like the Tiki Bird House area and, and Jungle Book or Jungle Cruise where they had, uh, where Disney was initially had the ideas of putting right behind the uh, Swiss Family Robinson House, putting some sort of uh, you know volcano roller coaster attraction of some sort. I know there were a lot of lot of ideas. They had also talked about bringing in the freaking uh, Black Pearl or one of the ships from Pirates of the Caribbean and parking it back there in, on the water. That's right behind the Jungle Cruise area, which would have been awesome to see that you know full size ship back there. So I don't know. There's a, there's a lot of ideas. Um, I heard someone talk about um, on Twitter about an idea of doing uh, the Fox and the Hound. Oh no, was it? no, it was doing a. Uh, fucking um, Robin Hood. Good God Almighty! Oh, that would be fun too. And because the characters, because you've got the fox and the bear, so they would fit right into the story of um with Robin Hood. You know, so that so it would have would have been able to save potentially save Disney some money on having they could have kept the animatronics in a sense or just reprogrammed them. You know, reposed them or whatever. Whatever they can do, I'm not sure how old those, what models those audio animatronics are. I know they're older. I know the Br'er Rabbit that that has his little knapsack on a stick that's kind of hopping through the forest is like the newest update for <laughs> animatronics. He doesn't always work. So yeah, I think the bear's tail is falling off or something. Yeah, but the bees is my favorite part of the section. The bees. That's just from a high school senior trip I went for grad night. But uh, yeah. So you know, again, there's there's a lot of ideas that could go through there. I think if they if they were to do something original, it would be kind of cool too. Because Disney, as we all know, has not done an original themed ride in the parks in a long, long, long time. Everything is uh, IP based nowadays, which is fine because it gives you a little bit of a nostalgic attraction and uh, immersion in a sense into the into the ride. But it would be cool if they would have come up with something completely new. However, uh, Disney did announce that they are actually in the works and have had plans to change that ride anyways. Um, Those of us in America know that Song of the South, the film, uh, is not available on DVD and Disney will not release it from the vault uh, no matter what happens. It's available in other countries uh, on eBay and what have you if you want to buy it, Uh, but it's not available in, in America. And uh, growing up as a kid, and Julie as well, we both have talked about how we have a huge connection and tie to this ride. I love the theming of it. I love the the Br'er Rabbit and the Br'er Fox and the Br'er Bear storylines. Yeah, the Br'er the Rabbit is actually one of my favorite stories of all times, you know, as a kid not really knowing the racist undertones of it. Of right. course, you know, we're not taught that. Um, but I remember the first time I wrote it, I had no idea that 
this ride was themed this way. I don't know why I never did, but I mean, the first time I went to Disney was when I was 21, so I had no idea before then, but even just going on it, I felt such nostalgia, even though I'd never been on it before in my childhood. Um, you know, so that was really special to me. So, you know, I'm definitely going to miss that nostalgia, but I'm definitely glad that, you know, they're, you know, going in the right way and making the change because it needed to happen. Yeah. And with, you know, with current states of, of affairs of what's going on in our country and the way with that, uh, as a, as a society, it seems like not, I I can't even say the majority of us, but a large percentage of us, uh, feel this way and feel that, uh, the racism in this country, uh, needs to go away. Like as of like a hundred years ago and we just, you know, need to move forward in a positive direction. And, uh, I think this is a great way for Disney to help this movement, uh, with their influence that they have on the world, especially when it comes to storytelling. So Disney announced, uh, yesterday, which was June 25th, which, uh, broke the internet that they are going to be retheming Splash Mountain to a Princess and the Frog attraction. And according to Disney, um, if you can go check this out at DisneyParksBlog.com, uh, we'll have the links in the show notes for you to check out for sure. Uh, but Disney says, uh, it says, Today we are thrilled to share a first glimpse of a project Imagineers have been working on since last year. So again, uh, just timing-wise, this is perfect timing for the announcement. Uh, they didn't just start working on this yesterday. So it's pretty cool. Uh, But they said that basically Splash Mountain at both Disneyland Park in California and Magic Kingdom in Florida will soon be completely reimagined. The theme is inspired by an all-time favorite animated Disney film, The Princess and the Frog. And the theming basically is that they pick up the story after the final kiss and join Princess Tiana and Louis on a musical adventure. Featuring some of the powerful music from the film as they prepare for their first ever Mardi Gras performance. Tiana is a modern, courageous, and empowered woman who pursues her dream and never loses sight of what's really important. It's a great story with a strong lead character set against the backdrop of New Orleans and the Louisiana Bayou. In 1966, Walt himself opened New Orleans Square when it became the first new land added to Disneyland Park. So it feels natural to link the story and incredible music of the Princess and the Frog to our parks. The voice of Princess Tiana and Tony Award-winning actress Annika Noni Rose shared, It's really exciting to know that Princess Tiana's presence in both Disneyland and Magic Kingdom will finally be fully realized. As, a, as passionate as I am about what we created, I know the fans are going to be over the moon. The Imagineers are giving us the Princess and the Frog Mardi Gras celebration we've been waiting for, and I'm here for it. The approach for retheming or plussing attractions, as Walt Disney referred to it, begins with Imagineers asking the question, how can we build upon or elevate the experience and tell a fresh, relevant story? It's a continuous process that Imagineers are deeply passionate about, and with the long-standing history of updating attractions and adding new magic, the retheming of Splash Mountain is of particular importance today. The new concept is inclusive, one that all of our guests can connect with and be inspired by, and it speaks to the diversity of the millions of people who visit our parks each year. And uh, it's pretty rad, man. I, I'm a uh, I'm pretty excited about it. I do know that Tony Baxter, who uh, was the lead Imagineer on Splash Mountain originally, uh, is going to be overseeing the retheming and reimagining of this ride, which is pretty damn exciting. One thing I do hope they do is uh, to replace the Brer Rabbit store downstairs, or 
you know, downstairs to the top of the mountain, I guess. <laughs> so not the one that you get off when you exit the ride, but no. the one in front of it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the one when you get off the ride is really... The New Orleans Bakery oh, with beignets and... I know, dude. Tell me about mm. it. Yeah. Now, I remember back in the day waiting like two hours plus in line in the queue for that thing, but, but like before the days of fast passes and stuff. Well, even Megan and I did on... When she came down to visit. Yeah, it's a good hour wait normally. So when they rethemed this thing, twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three, I'm not sure when the hell, when they're going to be reopening. Uh, they also they also have not announced when they're going to be closing this ride either. Um, obviously, everything's closed as yeah, it is. Yeah, they're saying that when the park opens, the current ride will be. Yeah, and they want to give Disney fans a chance to ride to ride it one more time. You know, I want to ride it one more time at least. I think it's important to get that that last shot in your head, and you know, for me personally, when I ride this ride, you know, I know th- what is the underlying themes of Song of the South, uh, but for me personally, when I'm riding this ride, I'm just thinking about the Brer Rabbit and the Brer Fox and the Brer Bear and Brer Rabbit wanting to go on an adventure and leave home and see the world. I'm not thinking about the Song of the South, and it could be my bad on that end. You know, I just know like when I'm at Disney. You know all the negativity that's outside of the outside of the fence uh, doesn't exist when I'm inside the parks, which for me personally right now is why I need Disney in my life more than ever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> need some of that pixie dust, even if it's just for ten minutes. But uh, you know, but the truth is, is that the the ride is is based on a film with some serious racial underlying, and especially the story tones. of the Brer Rabbit is insanely racist. So, you know, I know we don't see it that way because they're animals, but the whole like concept behind it is, right. yeah. So, so uh, if you're gonna be visiting the parks uh, anytime here in the next year or so, definitely make sure if you want to see this attraction one more time. That you go there and uh, get your ass wet on one of the one of the log flumes. Yep. I just have to say that uh, one. So two things. One, I am very glad that Disney is on the right side of history here, and two, I am really, really hoping that they take the time, close this down. I, I know it's like the water ride in the park and it's really hot, but I really hope that they take the time to close this ride down. Take their time to retheme it, so it's not a shit show like the Frozen Ever After and Epcot. Because you go on that ride and the beginning part's super cute, but there is this whole section of like black nothingness on half the ride that's just a disgrace. And they didn't take the time to fix the track because they were, you know, they wanted to get it out so bad that, you know, for the first couple of months or, you know, the first year that it was open, it was closed for, you know, because... Maelstrom had, you know, what, maybe like three people on the whole ride the whole day. Oh, no. It, it was, was like my favorite ride ever. It was usually pretty busy. Every time I'd, I'd go, I'd it was like... I've never been on it. There were like 10 people in line. So it wasn't a super busy ride. Huh. But when Frozen came along, there were way more people on it, way more often. And now, you know, being a water ride, it's a little bit different. So, you know, the track doesn't take as much wear, but it's also, Splash Mountain is still a very, very, very popular ride. Yeah, but Maelstrom was a water ride. I know, but Maelstrom wasn't a popular ride. Right. It, it was, but it wasn't. I get it. I know what you're saying. Not like Splash Mountain or Frozen. Right. In any sense of the word. And no, it wasn't popular. That's why they rethemed it. So, with Splash Mountain, I feel like they already know the traffic and it gets the traffic that it's going to get. 
So I think in that respect, you know, they won't have breakdowns, but just like, don't leave any empty spots. Don't half-ass it. Like, just make sure this is like, do Tiana proud and give the princess and the frog the justice that it deserves. I'm curious if they're going to go with the Elsa and Anna animatronics with the projected faces or if they're going to go with I the new Bell animatronic style that they're putting in Tokyo. I really hope that they have real faces. Yeah, it'd be cool. I, I appreciate the, the projection ones. I like it myself, but I think that the way that they did the new Bell version for the new uh, that Beauty and the Beast situation they have in Tokyo uh, is just fucking incredible. So I, I think that they should do it right and do Tiana justice and definitely uh, have that happen. Well, like the thing is, the reason why they have the faces like that is because they wanted to do it as quick as possible, and that was quicker than. Well, no, because the Seven Dwarfs Mind Train, they're the all the dwarfs in that have the same projections. It's just new animatronic technology. Yeah, but I, they're not people. They're like teeny tiny little characters. It's, I know, it's totally but it's, different. it's still animatronic technology. It's just still new technology. It's still also the different anim- animatronic model as well because like the elsa on that ride on the frozen ride there's one real one looks incredible there's one real one one what do you mean there's one that doesn't have a face projection and then the rest of them are which one is that i thought no no all the all of them do even hans at the end when they're singing they all have projected faces i mean uh christoph yeah christoph that guy (laughs) only ones that are real that have a face is olaf and and sven and the snow G's and marshmallow. So we'll see what happens. I'm excited for it. I think it's going to be something special. And I'm I'm pretty sure because at New Orleans, uh, uh, Port Orleans. I just want a New Orleans restaurant. Food in New Orleans is amazing. Maybe they're going to turn Pecos Bill's into a no. New Orleans restaurant. Do not get rid of Pecos Bill. Absolutely hey. not. No, the Tortuga Tavern. Get rid of that one. Pecos Bill. Do not get rid of Pecos yeah, Bill. Hey, Disney. Hey, Disney. Tor- the, hey, Disney. Tor- do not get rid of Pecos Bill. Those tacos are my life. I bet you that's gonna go, that's what's gonna happen. Nachos. If it does, then I'll never go to Disney again. It's gonna go away. That's the only way that they can actually bring that in there is if they turn that into a New Orleans restaurant. Unless they build one on Tom Sawyer's Island, and they retheme well, Tom Sawyer's think, Island. That's what I was thinking they might do. Too, and you gotta take a boat. The, well, because they have the boat, the Freedom whatever boat. What the ferry boat? Yeah, that thing's on a track. It ain't gonna stop at the island to let you off. No, I'm not. But I'm saying like they have that. That's very like New oh, Orleans. Oh, New Orleans. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. So that that might be cool if they put the restaurant on the island. But Pecos Bills is right across. Right across. I mean, right across from Splash Mountain, and it would make sense for them to be able to tie it in somehow. It's just interesting because the Haunted Mansion is also in New Orleans Square in Disneyland. Which is why it works so well, because that's literally based off a, of, you know, Southern Mansion. But then what do you do with, with Thunder Mountain Railroad? You know what I mean? It's kind of a thumb. <laughs> Just kind of sitting there. Big Thunder is in a completely different spot in Disneyland. Uh, Disneyland, I get. But I'm saying for Magic Kingdom. I know, too, that they've talked yeah, about... New Orleans is very flat. There are no mountains in New Orleans. No. And I know, too, that they've discussed some ideas that one of the most prized... Res uh, sites of real estate in Magic Kingdom is Tom Sawyer's Island and that waterway. Like they can get rid of the paddle boat and then to expand the park and that whole area over there, you know, fill it in and do it, do their thing or leave some of the water there. So there's a lot of opportunity to, to happen. I mean, they could build a whole brand new New Orleans Square at Magic Kingdom. <clears throat> we all know that money like is tight. Is pirates is 
in New Orleans Square too, so it's a totally different vibe over there. How's Pirates in New Orleans Square? New Orleans Square was an addition to the park, and Pirates opened when the park opened. Because they built New Orleans Square on top of Pirates. I promise it's in uh, okay. New Orleans Square. Okay. I've never been, and I should know this, but I don't. So, uh, so yeah, so I think uh, anything else you want to add to this, honey? No. Bring on the beignets. Seriously. Port Orleans, Riverside, and uh, the other one. What's the other one? The only sad thing Has is beignets. that you cannot have boozy beignets in Magic Kingdom. No, but I think you can get those at Port Orleans. Correct. So, go to Port Orleans. Hey, it's just like here or at uh, in our Galaxy's Edge, we have uh, blue and green milk with liquor, and they don't have that at Disneyland. No, it's in Disneyland. Galaxy's Edge is um, in Disneyland. They don't have it. I know. They have it at uh, Olga's. You can order it inside the bar. You just can't walk around the park with it. Is Olga's part of California Adventure? Nope. Olga's is in Olga's is in. I don't think Star they have. Do they have Olga's in Disneyland? Yeah, dude. Uh, I know they do. I've seen the videos. And if you'd like to know more about Splash Mountain in terms of the history of when it was built and designed and how it got put together, uh, you can go back to our episode uh, number. Go back to episode number six, uh, where we do a full breakdown on the history of Splash Mountain uh, as we were celebrating its 30th anniversary. All right, so now that we've got done talking about... We've got 30 years. Let's move on. Yeah, this is true. Sounds like uh, most marriages these days. <laughs> hey, we're almost at six months. There you go. We're doing good. <laughs> After this episode... <laughs> it's not real done doing our armchair imagineering. It's time for us to start talking about some mouthwatering foods that we are missing from the Magic Kingdom. In our next segment, what the forky food? I want you to meet Forky. ladders. This week we are going to talk about all the foods at Disney that we miss, and we're going to pick a few. You know, so it's like the Disney foods that you really can't get anywhere else, even though Disney, you know, gives recipes for a lot of the foods. Like, it's what you can't get anywhere else that you're super missing. And we'll go over, like, our biggest ones, and then we'll talk about some, you know, other ones that we're also missing. But what is the number one thing that you are missing the most, food-wise, from the parks? I know this is hard for you, because you're not a Disney foodie like I am. I'm just not a foodie in general. I just like to eat. I mean, I'm a food snob in some cases, but, you know, give me some shit on a shingle and I will put some hot sauce on it and eat it. Uh, one thing I would say I miss from Disney is the cheeseburger egg rolls from over near the... Uh, I said things that I can't make for you. Maybe some cheeseburger egg rolls. Okay. Get her done. And they're spring rolls, my good sir. Yeah, they are. Uh, There's actually a recipe for, I did make egg rolls, but I made the buffalo chicken ones on my One Little Spice podcast. So if you actually go to onelittlespice.com, the magic carpet egg rolls are there. And you can kind of fill them with whatever fillings that you want to. So if you want to try the pizza one and put some pepperoni and mozzarella cheese in there. Or if you want to do the cheeseburger one, Mm -hmm. we make it with like a little cheeseburger, a little cheddar cheese melted. You know, saute that in a pan with some onions, ketchup, mustard. Throw that in the egg roll. Super awesome. But the ones that we have the recipe for 
are the buffalo chicken ones, and they are to die for. Hell yeah. All right, Let's well, try this again. So, yeah, so. Something in the park that you cannot get <laughs> at home that you miss. So, so I said the same thing on the Podcateers. For me personally, it isn't about anything individually. It's about the fact that I am missing just having anything. A drink in my hand and a snack in the other and walking around the parks. It's probably one of my one of my favorite things to do is you know besides going there with my family and holding Julie's hand while we walk around the parks is just enjoying the sights and sounds and having a, a drink or a cocktail or whatever even a water, but also having a snack along the way, and you know whether it's popcorn in my popcorn bucket which we don't always get popcorn because we tend to leave our popcorn bucket. Forget buckets. our popcorn bucket and then I'm in the park and I'm like oh we could have had two dollar popcorn. Yeah, oh. we're not paying full price to get the popcorn <laughs> unless of course a popcorn bucket comes out we got to get. Um. Or just the ability to be able to go to restaurants. You know, like I have I have my spots that are like my spots to go to. I'm a very routine kind of person when I find something I like, whether it's something I'm making at home or an establishment I visit to eat. It becomes my establishment. Uh, the Coral Reef is one of them at Epcot. I would love to be able to go to the Coral Reef and have a beer and one of their mahi dinner, you know, thingies and just be able to sit there by the aquarium and look at the fish and... You know, enjoy the serenity of that. Um, and then that time that we named them after all of the <laughs> office characters. Yeah. Or go to Magic Kingdom and go to the Columbia Harbor House and go sit upstairs, have a delicious salad. And after having gone you on like Haunted Mansion. that tuna sandwich there. Yeah, that tuna sandwich was really good. I actually, when Amy and I were there, I tried the lobster roll and it was actually quite good. Yeah. Coming from the north, I am a lobster salad snob. So yeah, you sure are. So again, you know, like you said, I'm not nothing. I'm not anything specifically. It's just the ability to be in the park and have a candied apple that they've pre-cut for me, or to have Rice Krispie treats or cotton candy. Or it's so funny because we're like so the same, and we're also so different. Mm-hmm. Because I would eat that fucking candied apple right off the damn stick. It's part of the experience. Well, pre having my front tooth removed, I couldn't have apples because my tooth wouldn't come out. So forever I had to even, you know, corn on the cob. But at the same time, I don't like getting shit stuck on my teeth. So popcorn is something I don't eat a lot because I don't like having the kernels stuck on my teeth. Same with eating corn on the cob or eating an apple. I tend to like to cut them. So... Again, I think it's just for me, it's just the ability to be able to walk around and have a snack, go get my my frozen citrus margarita from Hollywood Studios that I get, or just whatever. I just just miss the the magic of walking around in Disney, eating food. What about you, babe? Ahi tuna nachos. Yeah, I should have guessed. So I like how I was like, hey, pick one thing, and then we're going to talk about a whole bunch of other stuff. And then you literally just said everything under the sun. So ahi tuna nachos are like my life, and they're like my Disney comfort food. So I'm a Landry's Club member, so I don't need to make a Yak and Yeti's reservation. They have to sit me within 15 minutes. Yeah, do that. Join Landry's. Tell them about it real quick. So uh, if you go to Landry's.com, you can join... Uh, the Landry's Club, you get a club card and access to like 
a ton of restaurants all across the country. But in Disney, it's, I believe it's T-Rex, but it's definitely Rainforest Cafe and Yak and Yeti. So with this card, you don't have to make a reservation. You show them the card because you're a Land Years member. And I'm not sure how things are going to work once the park is open again. But they have to sit you within 15 minutes. It's just the yeah, it's pretty, pretty sweet. Super cool. So when I'm having a bad day or I'm literally just craving ahi tuna nachos, I would go to the Animal Kingdom and just eat ahi tuna nachos. And it's like a hefty portion. I can eat it all by myself when I go with Jason. The first time I went with Jason to try it, to eat it, he, uh, I had to teach him how to eat the ahi tuna nachos because he tried to put like four pieces of tuna on one nacho. And I was like, no, no, no. One ahi tuna per nacho. That's how it lasts all the nachos. So I had to teach him how to eat it. And it was like nerve wracking. <laughs> Eating them with him. Well, for me, being born with a guilt complex, we got there, and within like five minutes, they let us in. And there was a bunch of people that were outside waiting for their time to go in or their reservation or whatever. So, of course, I'm feeling super guilty as we get brought in there and get sat down for our table after, like I said, waiting for less than five minutes. I mean, it was like, holy shit, that was quick. But it's worth the investment. And also, when you pay for the card, you get that credited right on your... uh, to your next bill. So you basically do the Landry's, you can go in there and then have a $20 credit or whatever it costs. $25. $25, yeah. There you go. But yeah, you get the card and you immediately get a $25 credit on the card after you pay the $25. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So Ahi Tuna Nachos. But I mean, that's that's like my main thing. Like I'm... It's funny because I was like, hey, Jason, if we can get park reservations for the day they open, do you want to do Animal Kingdom or Magic Kingdom? And he, of course, says Magic Kingdom. And I'm thinking, okay, Animal Kingdom because we got engaged there. And Ahi Tuna Nachos. And I hate to say it, but Ahi Tuna Nachos was totally on the top of my... Oh, no. (laughs) The engagement wasn't even in my mind. Engagement was like second nature. Yeah. For me, it was just getting to Magic Kingdom where it all begins. But... Uh, yeah, I was like, ooh, well, I guess we're not going to the same park on the, the park opening day. Because um, uh, I want those ahi tuna nachos so bad. But yes. with that said, there are so many things that I miss. Okay, so I've only ever had a Disney churro once in Disney World. And it was handed to me for free by a cast member one morning. And holy smokes, that was like the best churro I've ever had in my entire life. <laughs> Missed the candied bacon in Magic Kingdom. Um, the strawberry Oswaldo, Oddwallo lemonade, Oddwalla, the frozen one from Pecos Bill. The Pecos Bill nachos are also a happy place. Just a nacho bar in general. Yeah, I get kids nachos, fill up the nacho bar. Oh, it's so stinking delicious. And then... Is there really anything else in Magic Kingdom? The smell of the popcorn. Obviously, the popcorn is delicious, but mm, popcorn is popcorn. Magic Kingdom is the high tuna nachos. I also miss the Thule Canteen. Because when you needed a nice, like, fresh, healthy meal, that was so full of flavor and so wonderful. Yes, the Thule Canteen is my fave. I was actually looking at the menu today because I was working on me and Amy's website, and that was one of the... Uh, first episodes that we did, so we was wor- I was working on the reviews for that one, oh, and nice. are you saying oh nice to me? Yeah. 
I'm on. I'm looking up information. And one thing that I've always wanted to try there is they have this family sampler. It's like 75 bucks, but you get four proteins, four bases. Looking at this thing, once people have ordered it, it's just like a ton of food. So like definitely not something that I would go and eat myself. But, you know, if we brought the kids or, you know, something. But yeah, definitely. I was looking at this and just reminiscing about that tofu. It's this like magical crispy fried tofu. And it's so delicious and so light and so airy. And on top of the salad base or the hash base with all the sauces. Ugh, it's just, I miss it. Yeah, it's so good. Let's see. Okay, so that's Animal Kingdom. Oh, also the uh, buffalo, I mean the uh, barbecue pulled pork fries that they have at Flame Tree Barbecue. I finally tried those. Dude, what? Cheese. I never had those. I know. I had them one day when you were working or something. Sounds incredible. Yeah, so it's french fries, barbecue pulled pork, scallions, melty cheese sauce, super delicious oh my gosh like it's insanely amazing the combination with this and the fries and the potatoes and oh it's so yummy so next let's go to epcot epcot what do i miss at epcot the gray goose or not the gray goose it might be gray goose but like the limoncello oh the gray goose citron frozen drink in france yeah it's in france yeah that's good for sure definitely what do I usually get in Epcot when I go to visit you? I mean, the festival. I definitely miss the Flower and Garden Festival. I'm glad we got that lobster when we did mm-hmm. and tried it because that was really good. I definitely miss going around, you know, to the little parks and trying things. Any of the poutines at the refreshment port. There was a duck poutine during Flower and Garden. No, during, yeah, during Flower and Garden that was insane. Or maybe it was during, I think that was during Festival of the Arts. Whatever. It was amazing. It was delicious. I could eat it like six times. Yeah, that was Festival of the Arts. They had some pretty awesome stuff. I remember getting it once. Excuse me. I think, no, because I think it was food and garden. I mean, (laughs) food and wine. Because I remember getting it with Amy and then getting it with you and you were like, I can't taste the duck. No, that was this year that we did that. No, because I definitely... Because I definitely got it with Amy. And Amy was down in November. Oh, you know what? You're right. It was that same night because we got photo pass pictures done, and then we went over there and got that afterwards. We did photo pass pictures? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did photo pass right in front of the uh, Chef Mickey in the promenade, right along the water there. What? Yeah, where the Christmas tree usually is. They have a, a Chef Mickey topiary there. Go into your photo pass pictures and find it. Not to right now, but you know, at some point in time. And sp- I think, with speaking of food stuff, honey, we should cover what is happening with the merging of flower and garden and food and wine. Yep, haven't got there yet. And then I talked about Magic Kingdom, and then the last is Hollywood Studios. Um, I don't know that there's really anything. In Hollywood Studios that I really miss. I miss going to the Brown Derby, but that wasn't a, you know, everyday kind of thing. Uh, the milkshake. But we made that. Mm-hmm. The peanut butter and jelly milkshake from 50s primetime. It was incredible. And then, I mean, in Galaxy's Edge, 
I really liked the food that they had in Docking Bay 7, but nothing really... Actually, that little... You and I never went. But uh, the little tray of snacks. It's like a trail mix that they have at Olga's Canteen that you can order. I miss that. That's really good. The uh, Tribula that went with it was so delicious. And it had these... It's funny because it had these pieces of meringue that were purple and so they were sweet but i still dipped them in the tremula being like whoa what did i just do but it was actually pretty delicious and i don't think they were supposed to go in it they were just like an extra shape that like different looked delicious with everything but yeah it was just oh mm, yeah that that's funny but ahi tuna nachos (laughs) are the number one well i know one of the things that we have been missing was uh like julie had mentioned before was uh flower and garden festival uh, which we actually did a live episode uh, when that f- the opening night of Flower and Garden. And I know a lot of people didn't get a chance to even see it at all. We were fortunate enough to be locals who have uh, seen it several times. But we still didn't get to f- experience the full magic of what Flower and Garden was. Like, I didn't get a chance to go around the World Showcase myself. I just went around the promenade in the front half of Disney. Or, I mean, the front half of Epcot. Um, but because of the closure, uh, a lot of the plants and the flowers were put away and, and ripped up and stuff. Uh, but Disney did save the topiaries and just recently announced that they are going to be doing a somewhat of a hybrid of flower and garden and food and wine together, which is which is pretty cool. I'm very excited for this because I wasn't sure if they were going to add, even have a food and wine festival at all this year. But I'm glad that they're still going to. I know they're not doing the Eat to the Beat. And chances are they're probably not going to do the, what's the Christmas one called? Festival of the Holidays. No. The Eat to the Beat. But Christmas time. The Candlelight Processional. Thank you. I knew it was a P. Yeah. So Disney says, uh, Today we're pleased to share that not only have we cooked up a creative modified festival experience, it will also be our longest festival yet. Giving Starting you plenty of time. My birthday. <laughs> giving you plenty of time to enjoy a taste of Epcot International Food and Wine Festival. Uh, this is going to start on July 15th. And they're offering over 20 signature global marketplaces like Hawaii, Hops and Barley, Islands of Caribbean, uh, and other ones that are going to be spaced around the park. And they're also going to be having some of the floral as, uh, floral fun from Flower and Garden, uh, like the topiaries, and I'm sure a lot of the plant life will still be out and about uh, while they're there. Uh, they're also going to, to continue to have the Remy's uh, scavenger hunt uh, during food and wine, uh, but they also are doing the... Um, are they still doing the B1 for... Scavenger. But they also said that they're going to be selling a lot of the leftovers from Flower and Garden, too. Yeah, so if you didn't get any merch from Flower and Garden, uh, you'll be getting that. Also, annual pass holders who didn't get their Flower and Garden magnets, pass holder magnets, will be getting those mailed to them. Uh, so pay attention to your mail. Uh, one thing that Disney did change this year, though, with uh, food and wine is that they canceled the Eat to the Beat concerts, uh, which is understanding because of physical distancing. Um, also... Um, uh, but the local entertainment, like the Mariachi Cobra and the Jaminators, will be there uh, doing their entertainment for you guys, which is awesome to see, which I can't wait to get back to Epcot myself personally and uh, hear the, the Mariachis uh, doing their thing, which I did enjoy one of their renditions of Coco's Remember Me on YouTube. I got to watch it in person. It's pretty amazing seeing it with the little Miguel marionette they have, too. I love them. It's so cute. It's so awesome. So yeah, so we're excited about that. Definitely, it's uh, you know, they have to do something. 
I know Disney probably already had this gigantic food order placed for food and wine. And uh, just like when they closed the parks, they donated a shit ton of stuff, uh, masks and food and what have you. And they had to prepare whether COVID-19 was going to be cured or not. They couldn't take the chance of not ordering stuff, which I know they've learned from mistakes from the past of under-ordering things, uh, alcohol, etc. <clears throat> but... Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a different a different festival and like Disney said it's gonna be their longest festival yet. Uh, this is going to go through the fall. Um, I'm guessing it's gonna be going from July 15th all the way to the end of what festival uh, the food and wine would normally be. Uh, the only difference also depending on the way things go with uh, COVID-19, uh, they may or may not do the marathons during food and wine like they normally do. Uh, they do that uh, with the Dine and Dash uh, marathon. And then they allow the people that race to that race to go to an after-hours party overnight. So those kind of things, I'm sure, are going to be canceled. Um, as we all know, Mickey's Not So Scary has been canceled for obvious reasons. Uh, they haven't announced anything yet for any of the, of the Christmas stuff. Uh, but because Mickey's Not So Scary has been canceled, I'm pretty sure that the uh, marathons that are happening in the fall will be as well. So it's going to limit uh, the amount of people that can actually go to the parks and attendance-wise. Because right now, Disney's looking at around 25% attendance. Um, Epcot's attendance at max, I believe, is about 80,000 people. Maybe a little bit more than that. So, you know, do the math. Uh, it's around 15,000 people. It's also interesting. I know this is kind of a complete side note. But you went race, I went sports. Um, the NBA is supposed to be starting their season coming up soon and today 16 players tested positive so it, it'll be interesting to see if they do end up doing that and the the interesting thing is we were reading you know all the rules and regulations and it mm -hmm. just seems foolish to even have the season with how many rules and regulations and how i doubt they're going to be followed and it's just well i would hope so and they're, they're going to be testing the players also every day <clears throat> which is going to be interesting. But, you know, I think what was funny with the NBA is how Disney is trying to find all these really extra large beds for these extra tall dudes <laughs> to be able to sleep comfortably in uh, because that's part of the contract agreements with the NBA and the Players Association is when they travel, uh, they have to stay in the highest-end hotels, and they also have to have these gigantic comfy beds for them to sleep in. So... They should just buy like a bunch of those round beds that you can buy that move in a circle, you know, that you just have like in Vegas or something like that. So then you can sleep at any angle and you're comfy. Yeah, those bigs are not long. Those bigs, those beds are not long enough. No. I think I saw one that had a picture of Shaq sleeping in one. And it was huge. Yeah, it was custom made just for him though. Oh well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so lots of lots of things going on. Uh, Major League Baseball starting spring training, quote unquote, here pretty soon. Uh, I know oh, Major League Soccer is also coming to the Wild World of Sports Complex. And uh, so, if you've uh, if you're wanting to make reservations for certain hotel rooms during the times that this NBA season started, uh, you're gonna have to stay away from the Grand Floridian and the Grand uh, Tarantino Hotel, Grand Destino, Grand Destino Resort Tower. And the Yacht Club Resort, I believe, was the other one they're staying at. It was also really funny because apparently the Yacht Club is the worst of the three. So they were joking that the teams that were staying there were like the Yacht Club team. So it was just really fun banter that was going back and forth on the interwebs. Yeah, it's cute. I guess what they're saying is like each hotel has an A-plus in one specific thing. And uh, the Yacht Club, their A-plus was th their pool. I was going to say the pool. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it has sand. Yeah, but I don't think all those basketball players could get two shits about the pool. 
I mean, they may because it's summertime in Florida. Who knows? I think I'd be more concerned. But I don't think the they're allowed to leave their rooms when they're not playing, so they wouldn't be able to use the. Oh, they anyway. can because they can go golfing. They totally can. Like they're even talking about that they're going to be allowing them to go on taking some of the tours that Disney offers. Uh, but they would do the tours pre-park opening, so they would be out of there before the parks opened. But also, uh, one of the golf courses is going to be closed and be open just for the NBA players. Well, that's what I mean. Like, the pool is not going to be just open for the NBA players. They're closing the golf course so that they can use it without. Right. I, th- I think the hotel. The, I think the hotel itself is being closed just for. Every, I, I don't know. I would think it's. I, well, I can't imagine they're going to let allow the populace to. Because uh, I think that's why the Animal Kingdom Lodge only half of it's open because of. Well, that was the initial talk about it, but that's not the case because they're not staying there. Oh, right. They're staying. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's enough of us uh, rambling on for this evening. Anything else you want to share today, Julie? I love Moana. <laughs> yeah, she has been obsessed. So apparently I had never seen Moana, and not without trying. I've definitely put it on like hundreds of times, and it's just been late, or like I was having like a depressed moment, and I would just fall asleep. So I would watch the beginning of it, where she like goes out into the ocean and gets the... Shells and saves the turtle and, yeah, gets the heart. And then I fall asleep. And then I wake up for, like, you're welcome. And then I wake up at, like, the very end. So I had never actually seen the movie all the way through. So Jason and I watched it the other day. And holy fuck! That is a amazing movie. That is an amazing, amazing, amazing movie. You're welcome. I thank you! <laughs> but, uh, but I also... Like, it holds near and dear to me because my uh, my nephew watches it, and he calls it the Let It Go song, How Far I'll Go, and my sister's so grateful that he calls that the Let It Go song and doesn't care about the uh, <laughs> song from Frozen anymore, that she's like, we'll just call it the Let It Go song. Yeah, it's cute. And then at the end of You're Welcome, he says, oh, thank you. It's super cute. So pretty much every time Julie and I have made trips back and forth from the old place to our new home, uh, moving shit, the sur- soundtrack from Moana has played the entire time. And he's like, what is this? And I'm like, I don't know. Even though I know exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty cool. I dig it. I'm glad she likes it because it's a great film. And then we watched it and he was like, oh, you should look up the lyrics to that song so you can sing along to the one that they're singing in you know, Polynesian. And then I just listened to it on repeat for... My two-hour drive home from the other side of the state, and now I know the lyrics. Yep. She sure does. So I'm sure you'll be hearing more references from that film throughout other episodes of us coming up. Uh, Again, one thing Julie and I had talked about, I believe was on the last episode, it's been such a long time ago that we recorded 19, um, about us doing a little name change here for the show. And uh, we're going to be finally putting up a little questionnaire survey up on our instagram because we can't agree on it yep so we're kind of we're kind of stuck on a couple things so Uh, we have gotten some feedback from you guys and we do appreciate the feedback uh but if you can come follow us on instagram our instagram is fia underscore disney and uh we'll be posting in our story probably a couple days in a row we'll probably be putting the same question up just to make sure we get the right feedback from everybody because i know how the the instagrams work and not everybody sees everything all the time and stories only last 24 hours so come give us a follow at, again, on Instagram at FIA underscore Disney. We would love to see you on there, share some conversations, have some fun. 
Uh, you can also follow us uh, on Twitter. The same thing. F- on Twitter. On the Twitter, at F yeah. Can undersc- you say Twitter? At the Twitter, at F yeah underscore Disney. <laughs> and uh, if you want to send us an email directly, we do read all of our emails. You can send us an email at F yeah DSNY. Also, if you send us an email and we haven't read it, I'm sorry. Oh, I check emails every day. F yeah DSNY at gmail.com. I'll put the link for the email in the show notes for you, as well as our stuff for social medias and all of the previous links I had mentioned earlier. And again, let us know if you've been able to make reservations. We're going to be curious because uh, after having Matt from Love of the Mouse podcast on the show, we had talked about doing uh, a meetup here at some point in time. Uh, masks on, of course, at the parks when things get back to quote unquote normal. So we'll be continuing that conversation as we go. Uh, but we're going between, again, we're going between F. Yeah, uh, an adult Disney podcast, or F. Yeah, Diz. F. Yeah, Diz. Or I like the third version, which is F. Yeah, Diz, an adult Disney podcast. Julie just doesn't like how the F. Yeah, Diz looks. Uh, when you I sh- also don't like how it sounds. F. Yeah, Diz. Well, it is what it is. It is what it is. And it's uh, just part of the Disney uh, Disneyverse out there. So with your help, we will make this happen. And pretty soon here, you'll be hearing a change to our intro. We're going to keep the intro pretty much the same, just change <laughs> the name of the show. And then uh, but see, update our logos and I stuff. Just, the cadence of F, yeah, Disney is my favorite. I don't want to change it. Well, you heard it right there from the horse's mouth. And until next time, again, thank you so much for tuning in. Episode 20, a big milestone for us as we have hit 20 episodes. And as the great Walt Disney once said, if you believe in a thing, believe in it all the way. Rest in peace, the haunting.